please be advised, all music tracks used in this production are original compositions. Thank you. Hey, it's Scary Jones, executive producer of Elvis Duran and the Morning Show on Z100. I want to talk to you all about my friend and fellow Brooklyn College alumnus, Silas. Your e-journalist, social work advocate, Silas hosts and produces the award-winning Kelson on the Air social work podcast. My friend and fellow BCR alum is now known nationally and internationally as Silas, your e-journalist, social work advocate. His podcast, it's also listed as one of the top social work podcasts you must follow. The award-winning Kelson on the Air social work podcast. Hello and welcome to all our listeners and viewers. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, producer and host of the award-winning Kelson on the Air social work podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast is rated internationally as one of the 40 best social work podcasts you must follow in 2023. This podcast promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. Our aim is to educate the general public about the powerful impact social workers have on the lives of those they serve. The podcast will also amplify the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of our society every day. Coming up next is a segment of Radio Job Line on LI News Radio 103.9 FM broadcasting from the studios at MacArthur Airport in Ronkonkoma, New York. This show was recorded in April of 2023 with host and producer Scott Possessor. I was honored to be Scott's featured guest. The topic of this segment was salaries in the social work profession and the impact of the profession on society. Scott Possessor is one of Long Island's most respected business leaders and is deeply connected with the Long Island business community. Scott currently hosts Radio Job Line every Saturday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. and formerly hosted one of the region's most watched business television programs, News 12 Long Island's Job Line from 1989 to 2013. Scott has been leading discussions and shaping thinking across the region for decades while helping Long Islanders find jobs and achieve success in their careers. Please listen, like, share, download, and comment. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And now, it's time for Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. Welcome, everybody. It must be Saturday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m., or it might be Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. We're on twice a week to talk about your career, dissect the job market, cover every workplace issue we can, and we've covered them all. Uh, As far as I know, if you can think of one we haven't covered, do let me know. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about social work, and we're not going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to talk a lot about it with one of my favorite guests. He's been on the show four or five times. Every time he's on, I, I, he comes on, he has a bigger smile. And uh, and he, he we actually launched his radio career yes, on Radio yes. Jobline. That's right. So, so let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Silas Kelly. Uh, and then I'll tell you why I'm having him on. Silas is an LMSW, is a licensed master social worker, and the recipient of the 2022 International Rota G, is it Sarnat? Yes. Sarnat Award, given out by the National, National Association of Social Workers Foundation. Uh, that's the NASW. This award is given to an individual group or organization that has significantly advanced the public image of professional social work. 
In 2021, he was honored as the NASW Long Island Social Worker of the Year. Congratulations for that, by the way. Thank you. God forbid you should let me know. (laughs) Currently, Silas is the CEO founder of Kelson Communications, a not-for-profit media and PR organization. He is known nationally and internationally as an e-journalism social work advocate. Silas hosts and produces the award-winning Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, which promotes the social work profession. In 2017... His Promoting the Social Work Profession segment, produced and aired here on Radio Jobline, won the NASW Media Award in the radio category. And yes. such a career was, was launched. Yes, indeed. Now, Silas, before we talk about what has happened to the social work uh, field, mm-hmm. what has happened to the social work community, the people that have fallen out of the, out of the career, the, mm-hmm. the, low, the low wages, mm-hmm. um, and, but let's talk about the fantastic need Yes. For social work. Yes. We are living in unequivocally, un, unimaginable, unprecedented times. It, n- nothing has ever been like the way America is right now. This is true. You are surrounded by mass murder. Mm-hmm. Every time you, you look at the at the television set, there's another mass murder, whether it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a racist in, in a thing or, or school shooting, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. one more time, people are picking up a repeating rifle and murdering people in the streets. I remember how people were terrified of terrorism. Yes. Right around 9-11. Mm-hmm. We all thought the someone was coming to get us. You know, one country was doing But it isn't. It's internal. Our own country has turned on itself. Yes. So so we, we've got that to deal with. Mm-hmm. Then we're dealing with racism. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at this uh, George Chauvin and, and the George Floyd murderer, and yes. I say, how could this happen? How could this happen in a in a free world, you know, where, where people are, have the right to do anything they want? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I look at uh, climate change, mm-hmm. and I see the planet falling apart, and that doesn't make me happy either. I mean, it's definitely a downer to see the ice poles, uh, the Arctic poles melting, yes. you know, and, and how is that going to affect the oceans, and how is that going to affect people who live uh, near the water? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the economy. And notice that was fifth, you know, on this list. I mean, that could have been first. You know, yes, people, people are struggling all over the country yes. uh, with their financial situations, their 401ks deteriorating, mm-hmm. their, the, even the cost of their home deteriorating. So economically, socially, we're, we're messed up in this country. Mm-hmm. And what we need is social workers. Yes, to, we do. And we need, we need them en masse, mm-hmm. but we need them to help us like where you do through the media mm-hmm. and where you can reach many, many people. But we also need social workers in their jobs, in their seats. Yes. You know, uh, I look at the Thomas Valva case. You know, oh my God! Yes, anything yes, more depressing, more heartbreaking. And 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 it's and it's so interesting that you brought that up because that case is um, very telling for the fact that extreme caseloads. Mm. That's what they were pointing the finger yeah, to. Yeah. That the social workers and the human service workers are so overwhelmed with cases that. Kids are falling through the crack, and unfortunately, in that in the case of Thomas, he lost his life. And and it was because um, social workers have too many cases that they have to handle and deal with, and that becomes in itself overwhelming and stressful to those of us in the profession. Yeah. So and 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 that's a shame that 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 has happened. That's one of the reasons why a lot of social workers happen to be leaving the profession. And we're going to get into that in a minute. The other thing I forgot. In my list here was COVID. 
Yes. Okay. We've all had to survive COVID and not just survive. We had to get jobs. We had, we had to uh, work. We, we had to zoom. Yeah. We, we, I, I mean, now there's remote hybrid working. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole world has changed. It seems since you started coming on my show. So I yes. blame you. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but uh, let's talk about the field of social work. Yes. Yes. Uh, I know it doesn't pay enough. I know you have some numbers, you know, to give us, mm-hmm. um, but you know what, uh, Silas, there are so many fields today where the competition is so high mm-hmm. and the demand is so low mm-hmm. that people cannot find a job. Mm-hmm. But if you have a social work cert- certification degree, mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. all the things that you need to be a real social worker, you can, you must have guaranteed employment. I mean, it, until it, the day you die, there's going to be a job for you. And not, not only that, Scott, it's a great point that you brought up, but there are so many different areas that a professionally trained and licensed social worker can work in. Um, if you go online and you type in jobs you can do with the social work degree, and peep and see the general public doesn't really understand the depth in which uh, we can go as far as things that we can do and, and positions that we can fill. A social work degree is highly valuable, and one of the things that we in the profession do, and I, you know, I'm a member of the National Association of Social Workers, and they're always promoting and advocating all the different areas that social workers work in. Now, the point that I really want to stress is that with a social work degree, you can do so many things. But one of the reasons that research has shown, and I've done a quite a bit of it, you know, looking into why is the social work profession not as appreciated as it should? And that is because of something called title protection. And the title protection is simply this. Uh, in many instances in, in this society, there's organizations, a lot of times they're not for profit, and they will hire somebody to do case management or casework. Now, I want to I preface what I'm going to say by this. Anybody that wants to um, make a living helping other people, I commend mm-hmm. to the highest degree, you know, and, and I salute them. But the issue is, is that they will hire someone, give them case management duties, and then call them a social worker right. when they're not professionally trained and licensed. And what that does, research has shown, this is not just something I'm, you know, saying off the, off the cuff, is that it lessens the degree and the credentials and therefore, when a social worker that's educated has their BSW, MSW, LMSW goes for a job, the companies look and say, well, I'm going to pay you 20 or $22 an hour. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I got my four-year degree. I got my, my master's. I got my license. And they point to the fact, well, yeah, somebody else is doing the same thing that I'm going to be paying you to do. So title protection is very important. But wait a minute. How can that happen if they don't have the credentials? I mean, don't, don't you need to be credentialed in order you to do. qualify to sit with somebody and give them advice? You do. You do. But because of the high need, they, they a lot of times companies will, will, will bring somebody in. You know, they'll, you know, let them, you know, learn the ropes and then they'll call them a social worker. Hmm. Now, now the intent of the individual that's being called a social worker is good and true and altruistic. However, they're not skilled. And and one of the things in in New York State specifically, um, there's a thing called um, licensure exemption. And and what that was is that 
back in 2002, and you know, I, I believe it was 2002, um, there were some laws written that said that the, the state agencies, um, you know, OMH and the OASIS, you know, they could not no longer hire um, uh, unlicensed and un, un, uh, undegreed person and call them a social worker. Mm-hmm. We So we fought for title protection. That's all it is. It says, mm-hmm. if I went to school and I got my social work degree and I sat and I took the license, then I deserve to be uh, compensated and recognized for my skill and, and my, my education. So there was a law that was passed that says no longer could uh, these agencies hire these um, individuals who didn't have the credentials. Mm-hmm. But because the need kept being so great, they kept making exemption, exemption, exemption. Mm-hmm. They exempted year after year after year after year. Well, we've been fighting, and 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 now you know we've we've gotten to a point where, where again um, there's some thought that they will enforce this uh, exemption so that you no longer can hire untrained and unskilled individuals and and give them a position with that would call for a social work degree. Right. So 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 now I'm going to give you a, qu- a quick example before we move on. Uh back in January, January February, there was an article in the Guardian. It's an international publication. And the article, the title was Why Starbucks is bringing in social workers. So a lot of these uh, companies and organizations have great intentions. They see people coming in, and this happened with the libraries. But in particular, Starbucks started bringing in who what was thought to be social workers to help people who were in there. They come in there, they're homeless. You know, maybe they did. They, they oh, this is because of the, the people in that showed up in the Starbucks. Yes, oh, yes, I didn't know that. Yes, okay. okay. So what this article said is that Starbucks, and it was a great idea that they were bringing in social workers to deal with these people that were bringing these issues into these Starbucks cafeterias, mm-hmm. cafes, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I started reading the article and I read it very carefully. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. It was on LinkedIn. And I posted, I said, it's a great idea in theory. And I commend anybody, you know, like a corporation like Starbucks who wants to do good for the, for the, for the, uh, all of humanity. I said, however, we must be careful that the people that they're calling social workers are indeed social workers so as not to lessen the degree of someone who is trained and licensed. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Starbucks on my own mm-hmm. and I wrote to, to um, not Starbucks, but I wrote to The Guardian. Right. And I said, I, I, I like your article and I gave them the date and I said, and I noticed that the twice that you referred to social workers in the article, it also re- re- pointed that to outreach workers. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Scott, um, I got a response back from The Guardian. And it said, you're absolutely right. These were, we reached out to Starbucks and Starbucks confirmed mm-hmm. that these were not social workers, but outreach workers. Mm-hmm. And they went back and they made a correction in the article. Mm-hmm. That was a great example of title protection. And what it, what that did is it let people know that you just can't call anybody a social worker. There's plenty of um, jobs out there for social workers, but because the need is so great, that sometimes you know organizations and agencies, they'll pull anybody in Tell them to help the person, you know, find employment, find housing, get food, and call them a social worker. Mm-hmm. That's not right. 
Yeah, oh, it's it's awful. And we should be talking also, Silas, about why you did this. And and the reason is social work has enough problems. Mm-hmm. The the field itself doesn't pay well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want a professional, you want a person with an education, even mm-hmm. at a master's level, and you don't want to pay them. You know, so what's the, how does that work? I mean, who, who's making the decision for social work pay to be so low? Why can't it be raised? Mm-hmm. And so tell me, you know, let's expand on this a little bit. Okay. I mean, what does a social worker make mm-hmm. and what should they be making? And and where, you know, what's the what does the future look like for a qualified person with 10, 20 years experience? And, and let, let's get it out in the open. Okay, so uh, some of the research and the research that I'm going to quote um, is directly from the NASW New York State chapter. Matter of fact, three of my colleagues, um, they there was we, we do a thing every year called uh, Advocacy Day, and that's when um, all social workers and social work students go up to Albany and they lobby the elected officials to be more um, you know considerate and, and and mindful of social workers, what we need. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of issues that are affecting us, so some of the um, my colleagues. They were stating that, listen, we're not getting the salaries that we deserve based on the impact that we have, our license and our training and our education. One of the uh, elected officials heard about it um, at the event. So it was the Capital Action Day. So um, they expressed uh, social workers expressed concern. um, And there was a senator. And I'm quoting this New York State Senator Roxine uh, J. Prasad heard and understood the struggle of social workers, and she said, hey, get me some data. So three of my colleagues, and they, and they were uh, Dr. Samantha Fletcher, um, and she's the executive director of the National Association of Social Workers New York State Chapter, Miss Olivia Knox, uh, she's now LMSW, she's policy assistant, and Evelyn Williams, MSW, who's at the time policy director. And they went out and they surveyed Thousands of social workers mm-hmm. to find out what their salaries were. Mm-hmm. They they compiled. Now it's a twenty seven page um, research report. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's interested, you can reach out. I have some contact information. Mm-hmm. But they went and they found that um, one, it's a couple of things. Thirty four percent of the social workers surveyed are at the same salary they were when they started their job, which on average began one to five years ago. So they're not giving, they're not getting raises. Um, only 90% of the people receive the merit raise, in, according to Miss Olivia Knox. And so if social workers aren't receiving up salary upgrades, there's a potential and risk that they're leaving. Now, um, according to Mental Health America, 19.86% of adults or 50 million Americans are experiencing a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So that points to the fact that you need licensed and trained social workers, but even though that's the fact, the salaries are not meet, meeting, matching the demand. Now, one of the things that some of my research when I did my fellowship, one of the reasons, and it's documented, but I feel very strongly about this, because social work is a female-dominated profession. Uh, when you start looking at you know, who's, who are the social workers, most of the time, it's women. Mm-hmm. And that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is a glaring problem because it points to gender discrimination mm-hmm. they're paying social workers less because most social workers in the in the lower ranks are women mm-hmm. and and they are still not treating women with the respect that they do now what, what they also found 
that the higher up the ranks you go, all of a sudden it's, it's, it flopped, it flip-flopped, mm-hmm. and executive directors in a lot of instances and also CEOs started becoming male, and then the salaries reflected a different level of pay. Mm-hmm. So social workers not being paid has something to do with gender discrimination, has something to do with title protection, and the need is great, but social workers are not being recognized for the impact that they make. And that's a big point that I want to say. All right. So so what does the average social worker make? All right. So uh, social worker salary analysis from this report. Um, Over half of the survey respondents reported their starting salary was between $40,000 and $70,000. This range is consistent with the average salary range for social workers in the United States, which was, so the median salary it looks like, or the average salary was 50390 and that was in May of 2021, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, United States Department right, of now Labor. Now, let's just, let's just look at that number for a minute. Mm-hmm. You can't live on Long Island with that number. You can't, there you go. There you go. That's an excellent point. One of the reasons that they highlighted in the research and when they were talking to the elected officials, Scott, is that the salary has to match what the cost of living is. Right. The, The salaries that they're offering social workers can't support a family here on Long Island. A family? You can't even you can't even get an apartment. You couldn't live in an apartment right. on Long Island. You're right. It's I th- I think I read somewhere it's thirty five hundred dollars a month for an apartment on Long Island for mm-hmm. a uh, I think a one bedroom is less, but a two bedroom apartment thirty five hundred dollars a month on Long Island. Now how can you do that on fifty thousand dollars a year? That would be on rent alone. That would be almost forty grand. Exactly. So. So, so, so if so, you don't want to eat, it's a good feeling. <laughs> so, so again, um, again, these are all statistics um, that my colleagues put together. Um, and so now what we're hoping is that now that the elected officials have this, that they're going to be moving in the right direction to, to, to make some adjustments because something needs to be done because the need for social workers is great. Mm-hmm. The salaries are not matching the need and social workers are walking away from the profession, mm-hmm. not because they don't care, because they don't love what they do, because they can't afford to be social workers, especially here in New York. Right. I mean, absolutely. Now, if, if there are other parts of the country, and by the way, I'll be going to other parts of the country myself in a couple of years uh, where it's a lot cheaper to live, and maybe you could do it on that salary. But here on the, in New York, you'd need roommates. Yes. You would need roommates, <laughs> or you'd need to live with your parents, or, you know, th- th- that's how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Long Island is impossible impossible and there's not enough apartments even if you can find one you know it's it, it's ridiculously expensive All right, we're running out of time on this segment i'm with silas kelly tonight one of my favorite guests a smart guy and a social worker that cares about the profession as much as he does about his own practice uh you're listening to radio job line with scott possessor if you have an idea for radio job line you can write to me scott p 118 at gmail.com i'm happy to have you on the show or your idea on the show and i say this every week but i'm going to keep on saying it you have to connect with me on linkedin are you connected with me silence i believe i should you be. better check <laughs> you better check because if you're not connected with me you don't see that i post every one of our radio programs on linkedin every week after it airs here at the station we got a news break coming up stay with us everybody And now, welcome back to Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on LI News Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. We're here for you every week to talk about your career. And one of the careers that there's a, really some controversy about is the field of social work. Uh, if you listen to the first segment, uh, you realize that it's, it's an impossible situation to live on Long Island and work as a social worker unless you have roommates or live with your parents. That's how bad it is. Um, but I think you also have some national numbers for us. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so just last month was uh, social work. Just last month. Go ahead. was so- social work month. And uh, our theme for every year we have a theme, it was breaking barriers. And they did a research, national research, uh, public opinion survey, um, and they hired um, an organization called Ipsos. And they went around and they asked people about the profession of social work. So, And I wanted to share some of the key findings um, very briefly, and then we can talk about it. Four in five Americans have a favorable opinion of social workers. One in six Americans say they or a member of their immediate family have been helped by a social worker. I'll bet it's two, two out of six. <laughs> they just don't admit it. But go ahead. Keep going. And, and the majority of those helped by social workers say their situation was at least somewhat improved. Mental health, social services slash child welfare and hospital settings are the most frequently cited settings by those that have received services from social workers. Likewise, these are also the settings Americans are most aware that social workers practice in. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of statistics to show the general public knows who we are, knows some about what we do, but we are appreciated because of someone having experienced directly the help of a social worker. You know, it doesn't really make sense, though, Silas, that someone who's smart and educated and has the skills mm. to save a person's life, to sa- to change a person's mental health status, uh, this is a powerful person that can do a lot to help society. It doesn't make sense that you should have to sacrifice and live like a pauper in order to do that job. What sense does that make? These are the most noble people that that, that are doing it for, for bupkis, mm-hmm. you know, compared to what the rest of us are making. Mm-hmm. Um, 70, 90, 110, 150, 200,000, 300,000 a year. You know, social workers don't, just don't get there. And 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 so I, I just, when, when something doesn't add up to me, mm-hmm. it always makes me just a little bit crazier and I, I need a social worker that much more. <laughs> but But how can we rationalize Paying so little for such a powerful, such a powerful, valuable, yeah, exactly. Skill set, and and, and and I'm going to share just a real quick personal anecdote. Um, many who may hear this that know me know that I am a product. Excuse me, I'm a product of the social work profession. Uh, I was in my second foster home by the time I was three, and all through my early formative years, social workers were a prominent part of my. Uh, growing up and into adulthood. Um, and there was one particular social worker who I never forgot, and his name was Dalton Murchison. And here's a man who took the job so seriously that he don't he dedicated his own personal time on several occasions to help me out. And some of the things that he did for me, I, I never forgot. And years later, I was able to reconnect with him and I actually got a chance to thank him Unfortunately, right after that, he passed away. But he he took his time, and when I was graduating out of high school, this man, after work, drove to my house. He worked in Queens. I lived in Amityville. Picked me up in Amityville, drove me up to uh, 
Cobalt Skill dropped me off, gave me a bus ticket and spending money back home. Uh, when I was 16, you know, I, you know, I ran a little, I ran afoul of the law. This man showed up with me in court. Mm-hmm. And I remember the judge saying that because I had such a strong support system, my parents, my, my pastor, and my social worker, rather than sentence me to, say, reform school, he gave me the opportunity to do probation. The impact. So, And I, I have always said that people don't realize the impact, and that's why they should pay social workers more mm-hmm. because they change the trajectory of a person's life forever. Mm-hmm. And then that goes on, that ripple effect changes that individual, the community, and then that person grows up and can be you know, a solid family person and a community, um, you know, a, a person that's making benefits, benefiting the community. Mm-hmm. That's what people got to take a look at. Um, and, and funding agencies, elected officials, and the general public need to realize that it's the impact that you really can't measure. You can't put a price on that. Mm-hmm. And I really want to say that on this forum. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Well, you know, the, the other thing that came to my mind is, is that this is sort of people take their mental health problems and they go to psychiatrists and psychologists mm-hmm. that charge a fortune, mm-hmm. right? A hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars an hour. I've mm-hmm. seen the numbers like this. Mm-hmm. Um, when a real, when a social worker, a, a trained social yes. worker, mm-hmm. can do everything. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Can do everything that a a psychologist or a psychiatrist can do mm-hmm. as far as your mental health. And we we are trained in, especially on the master's level, to do assessment and diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that a psychologist would do. Um, or, or, or psychoanalysts and, 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 th- and therapy is one of the strong suits of the profession of social work but why don't they just kind of clump it all together so social work and psychiatry and psychology are now one thing and they make all the same money well that, that's a good that's a good point now there, there are some 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 trains of thought um, to kind of look at that and, and make it but uh, the other thing is is that you know, we in the profession of social work, you know, we're constantly fighting for the recognition for the skill. Because, see, here's what I found. When you say social work to the average person, other than these wonderful folks who have a positive op- opinion, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you hear social work, people think two things. Oh, you take people's kids away and you help people get um, SNAP benefits mm-hmm. or food stamps. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more. Mm-hmm. So, the I, I had a colleague of mine told tell me, and she has a doctorate in social work. She went to a conference, and everybody had their doctorate, and they were all talking about what their careers were and what they did. And she mentioned that she was, you know, a doctorate, and and she had a doctorate in social work. And as soon as she said that, even though she had the same educational credentials, the whole attitude she told me in the room changed, mm. and all of a sudden it was almost like they were looking down their nose at her. Mm. So it's the respect factor, but people just don't realize how powerful the profession is. And we, we can never stop emphasizing who we are, what we do and the impact that we make. And we got to keep telling our story. And that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast is to continually promote the profession to anybody who will listen and tell them you can't put a price on the impact that a social worker has. And you're right. We should be considered on the same level as a, as, as a psychologist or because or, or, if you talk, talk about clinical social workers, mm-hmm. 
you know, they can do the same thing mm-hmm. that a psychologist can do. And 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 and, and here's the thing. Clinical social workers, uh, when they get reimbursed for, for, for Medicaid, they don't get reimbursed at the same rate mm-hmm. as a psychologist does. Mm-hmm. So even at the higher level of LCSW, they still is, is a discriminatory approach when it comes to the profession of social work. And we, we, we can never stop fighting to change that because people need to understand that most of the mental health in this country is is done by social workers, mm-hmm. but we don't get that same concept of of recognition. Now, the other thing is we have to do a better um, job of promoting ourselves. I have a lot of colleagues I love dearly. They get up in in the ranks and now now they're psychotherapists, and they're therapists, and they're psychoanalysts, and they're all of those things. But they're all of those things, Scott because they're a social worker. Mm-hmm. And I say, never forget that. Mm-hmm. One of my colleagues, one of my mentors, I should say, Dr. Jacqueline Mondros, who used to be the dean of the School of Social Welfare at Stony Brook, she said at one of her presentations that I'll never forget, whatever you do, if you have a social work degree, say who you are, what you do, and always add that you're a social worker. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a professionally trained journalist, but I'm a social worker. Mm-hmm. So pe- some people work in, in, in substance use, and they're a, they should say that they're a social worker. Because people, the, and on top of that, six-figure social workers, are that's a reality. Mm-hmm. But when I do a speaking engagement, I'll ask my students, because I speak a lot to students, raise your hand if you know that social workers can make six figures. Mm-hmm. And very few hands go up. Because they, they, you know, that the, the concept is that when you when you work so in social work, you can't make a good living. And yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that makes social workers so um, impactful is because we all bring something else to the table. Mm-hmm. We're not just trained in social work. Everybody that's a social worker, first and foremost, they came to the profession. The profession called them. And there's something that they have that's very unique. And if they couple that with their training and the assessment and diagnosis and resources, social workers know how to locate resources for anything that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about EAP, employee assistance programs, the majority of those that help people instead of losing their job or, or, or letting their family break up, they assign them to see an EAP specialist. Most of those are social workers. Yeah. Now, can I ask you something? Uh, these um, very, very critical suicide prevention lines, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, you dial a number and you get somebody on the phone. Mm-hmm. I would assume, Silas, mm-hmm. that that person is a, is a qualified, trained social worker, not just some you know, guy who, who's, who's been given that job because he needs a job. I mean, am I right? Well, I would, I would certainly hope that whoever's on the other line, other end of that phone would be somebody that's trained in, in de-escalation and assessment and diagnosis and, and, and knowing how to, uh, engage somebody. It just seems like when you watch it on TV or you, or you think of the cops, it's always a cop mm-hmm. talking the guy down off the building or 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 dealing with a a, 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 a shooter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and knowing what to say to him to get him to put the gun down. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, that's the job of a social worker. You're right. Not a police officer. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, it's great that you mentioned that because um, there was an article that was out and a couple articles, matter of fact, now, ever since the George Floyd um, situation, a lot of 
uh, municipalities and, 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 and governmental agencies are starting to think about coupling a social worker at times with a police officer to de-escalate a situation. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there's a couple articles that I've read where they're now starting to think about, hey, when there's a situation, let's make sure there's a social worker available as well as, because they said it's a social worker, as you said, that can, quote unquote, talk the person down mm-hmm. and, 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 and de-escalate the situation. I mean, I'm sure the police receive training. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they don't, but but I just can't see how they can hold a candle mm-hmm. to, to, to a real professional master social worker uh, in that same critical situation, say with a shooter. Exactly. You know, you, you've got some dead people on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you want the guy to put the gun down. Mm-hmm. Now, now, does a cop really know what to say? You know, does or do you need a professional social worker in a situation like that to show up with the police or instead of the police? Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, with the you know situation that you just mentioned, a lot of times it's also a female social worker mm-hmm. would be even be even more effective. Mm-hmm. Not not because of anything negative, mm-hmm. but because they they can approach it from an empathetic standpoint right and they can you know kind of reach out and and touch the person in that place mm-hmm. in that space because two two men you know men are always competing against each other mm-hmm. and so a lot of times when it's a man you know trying to you know talk another man down it's almost like a competition mm-hmm. but if it's a female and and now here we have the empathetic piece social workers know how to peel the layers back mm. and then what what happens is they can appeal to the person's humanity and so one of the things that they say is that social workers need to be in some of these volatile situations to uh, assist the police officer in de-escalating another place and i did a um podcast on this a couple of years ago mm-hmm. which won second place at press club of long island they're putting social workers in libraries now mm-hmm. professionally trained social workers stony brook university um they're placing interns in libraries and a lot of libraries around the country are starting to hire professional social workers on staff so you see um you know we need to kind of keep telling <laughs> but where stories. where are they going to get them from <laughs> they go, well, they're going to get them from the universities because, again, the universities are connecting with the libraries and placing intern. Now, an internship is a very valuable or field placement, we call it. Right. It's very valuable because nine times out of ten, if somebody does a whole semester or maybe even uh, sometimes if they only can do 14 hours a week, they may start in September. And they may have to go all the way until the following August. Mm-hmm. Now they've gotten uh, familiar with the agency. They know what the agency and they've developed a rapport with some of the clients. That's a great person now to bring on board. Yeah. So in the libraries, they have an internship or field placement. They place a social worker there. If it works out, then sometimes they bring them in. Now, they also connect with the schools of social work mm-hmm. and 
look for the ones who may have interest in working sometimes. I'm just looking, Silas, at a hostile society Mm -hmm. that's got 350 million guns here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have people with mental health problems. You said it yourself, one out of three or one one out of six? Mm -hmm. Was it one out of six or two? Uh, I said it was two out of six, but it's one out of six. So that's 18%, 50 million Americans, 50 50 million Americans. Mm So, it, but look at look at New York City. Look at all the homeless people. You know, you've got police officers telling you know figuring out what these people are studying are supposed to be doing instead of social workers. And I and I just don't think a police officer is a so, a police officer is a social worker. And and I, look at look at what what they're finding with all the mass murders. They're saying this person has had a mental health crisis, a mental health problem, mm-hmm. and it wasn't being rectified. Because they didn't have the staff, there wasn't enough personnel to send anybody to help that person. And I keep seeing the same story over and over again. You know, these 18-year-old mass murderers, okay? They need a social worker. They need someone to sit down and tell them, no, don't think that way. This is the way to think. This is the way to be positive and look at the future. And you have so much to live for. You know, but it just I, I just feel like they all have nothing to live for. You know, they, that there's such a, a, a severe mental health crisis in this country mm-hmm. um, that that it, it's people just don't care. And and, and the, the isolation um, and a, a, another big issue um, that we're starting to really address in the social work profession is with our youth and social media. That's causing a lot of a lot of harm, more harm than good. And one of the things that it's doing is giving a lot of the youth a, se- a false sense of community. Now, there's some good that comes out of it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. However, individuals in high school, they need to be interacting with other people face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Now, COVID came. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down. Everything was on Zoom. Everything was uh, tele- tele-learning. And, and a lot of students suffered from that because they maybe had just started coming out of their shell. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden COVID came and they're at home and they're, they're, they're trying to learn uh, on a computer screen and some students need interaction with the teacher and their other co- co-students. All right, I wanted to leave a, a little time at the end of the show to mm-hmm. talk about you. You need interns. You're looking <laughs> yes, for interns. Yes, Tell absolutely. everybody what you need. Okay, so I'm going to be uh, in the fall semester I'm going to be reaching out to my alma mater and other schools, and I'm going to be looking for three interns. And one of them I would like for to be a social work intern. One of them I'd like to be a communications and media intern. And one of them I'd like to be a, um, a, a social media intern. Mm-hmm. And what my idea is, the social work profession is one of the professions that's on the uh, has their finger on the pulse of just about every issue in society that you could think about. There's a social worker somewhere that knows about politics, medicine, substance abuse, homelessness, hunger, uh, you know, child abuse. Look at all those things I left off my list. <laughs> at the top of the show. Keep going, keep going. Uh, and so one of the things that I think will help us as a profession is to cu- couple a social worker and a, a, a communications and media specialist mm-hmm. and let them work on a project for a semester. And the social worker would be the one 
who goes out and identifies the organization or the agency and the communications. Major. All right, now we need people to reach you if, if, yes. they're, if they're interested. How do yes. they reach you? If they if they want to reach me, they can reach me. My website is www.kelson.org. That's www.kelson.org. That's K-E-L-S-U-N-N. Yes. Okay. And the email address is kelson at kelson.org. And the phone number is 1-844-535-7866. And that's actually 1-844-KELSON. And that's 1-844-535-7866. And you can ask for me, Silas Kelly, and I'll be looking for interns for the fall semester. Okay, and and you'll have me. Okay. I'm going to be the first one on your list because I want to leave the field that I'm in and go into your field. Anyway, you've been listening to Radio Jobline with the amazing Silas Kelly. Uh, Silas, you get better every time you're here. I guess having a podcast uh, means a lot. Um, uh, Fabulous job. Great topic. Keep coming back. I will. At least once a year. At least once a year. Thank you. And boy, did I leave off a lot of stuff on my list. (laughs) Uh, You've been listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. We've got to go. We'll be back next week with another show. Uh, Write to me, scottp118 at gmail.com. Happy hunting. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Once again, this is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, producer, and host of the show. You've been listening to the award-winning Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This and all other episodes are available on our Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeart Audio Podcast platforms, among others. The podcast is also available on our Spotify and YouTube video podcast platform. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Please make sure to click subscribe to support our podcast. And don't forget to like, comment, download, and share. To reach us for more information, email us at info at kelson.org. That's info at kelson.org. Or to suggest future topics, log into www.kelson.org. That's www.kelson.org and fill out the share a topic form on our homepage. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.